I can promise you I'll never say anything about your father on this show again. I'm giving you my word on that. However, your sister? Well, that's a whole other ball game, isn't it? Ah, uh, classic Jericho. Welcome, Lingus Mafia, back to another episode of Dijon's NBA Slam. You know what happens? You know what happens to the people that aren't weeklies and listeners to the Lingus Mafia podcast? You know what happens to the people who aren't signed up to the Patreon for as low as $3? Or you could pay $10 and get over 300 original episodes of the Lingus Mafia podcast, plus all the additional content throughout the week. Do you know what happens to those people? Do you? You just made the list! And speaking of lists, they just posted a new podcast, The Losers of Wrestling, where they break down the top 20 wrestling themes of all time. I'm not talking about of recent age. I'm talking about over the last 40 years of wrestling intros. Top 20. That's hard to do. That's a good listen. Go listen back to it. I have no problem with the list because it's based off all the fans. It's point system. But I just got to say... There's three songs that I have personally that I don't think should be in the top 20, but three songs that, I don't know, I just heard them. And it's kind of one of those situations where I looked forward to seeing this person come out week to week. I may not even love the character that much, but just hearing that song, it just got me hyped up. It didn't even matter what they did. I was looking forward to hearing that song. We'll start with number three, Jack Swagger. did love the whole we the people character it's something that something that wasn't even that long ago but they probably couldn't do a character like that now i see people with faces not like mine i see people that i don't even know what they're saying they can't even talk to me and i look around and i think where did all these people come from but most importantly i think how do we get rid of them that music Slapped. Very Kurt Angle-esque. Coming in number two, Eric Bischoff? I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Got a neck for making things better. The funny thing about this theme is a lot of people get mad at me. My dad was really confused when I told him that when I was watching Monday Night Raw back in those the early 2000 days, I had no idea what WCW even was. I had no idea that Eric Bischoff was the mastermind behind a lot of things that went on the, the week to week in WCW. I generally thought he was literally just the GM of Raw. And, and I don't know, as a kid, I, I hated him, but I loved him at the same time for just being that bad GM. He was always looking out for the bad guys, always screwing the good guys. He had that little back and forth with John Cena, which I loved. I just I loved him being the general manager of Raw. I loved Teddy being the general manager of SmackDown. I don't know, Eric Bischoff's theme, underrated. And coming in number one, I think one of the most underrated villains, Carlito. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You know what cool is? You're looking at. I 
felt like that character definitely had more running. I mean, it's really gimmicky character. He came out, said, that's cool. That's not cool. He spit apples in people's face, which is, I, now I'm really thinking about it was really gimmicky. But I don't know. I just liked the coolness of that character. It was funny. Had matches with John Cena. He had a match with a lot of main event guys. I just felt like that character definitely had more legs. I mean, if I saw that same character today, I'd probably be hating on it. Probably just some nostalgia. I don't know. I just, I just loved the theme. I don't know what to say. I'm not saying it's a top 20 of all time, but it's literally a song that I listen to like maybe like once a week. Cause it just, I don't know, it just makes me happy. Let me ask you the same question. Do you spit? Or do you swallow? When I eat an apple? Yeah, when you eat an apple. Duh, I swallow. Now from one former general manager to another, yes, I'm talking Eric Bischoff to Dan O'Brien. Let's talk SmackDown, which SmackDown started with Dan O'Brien talking about how he demanded another rematch. And honestly, when you really think about it, he doesn't really deserve a rematch. Like, like, hear me out. Like, he lost the Elimination Chamber, and yes, it was messed up. He had to go through the entire Elimination Chamber and then face Roman. But everybody in the match knew that was what it was going to be. And that's what happened happened. He lost in, what, like, um, he lost in, what, like, 90 seconds? And then he got his rematch in... I guess with an enforcer, the enforcer is somewhat the ref. Like, I guess it's kind of confusing. I thought the enforcer was kind of just there just like to stop outside inf interference. But Edge got involved, which technically was within the rules. I don't know if there's anything against the enforcer getting in the ring and stopping something. He is an enforcer. And he ended up losing to Roman. So technically, he lost within the rules. Yes, both instances are unfair. So he's justified to being angry. So that also makes sense as well. Adam Pierce comes out and basically says, hey, three wrongs don't make it right. I'm not going to add another weird stipulation type thing, especially around WrestleMania. So I'm going to have to think this out. And then Edge comes out, who's rightfully has a good reason to be angry. I mean, he won the Royal Rumble fair and square and earned his match at WrestleMania. He earns that one-on-one -on -one match. And, and yes, oh, fighting champion and like the rah-rah good guys. Yeah, I'll take on anybody. I'll take on three dudes, four dudes, whatever. Yeah, I'll take on anybody. I'll take on three dudes, four dudes, whatever. Oh my. But when you really think about, like, if you're actually thinking about Edge as the character, he just came back from a 10-year hiatus, and he wants to be WWE champion again. The last thing he wants is to wrestle in a triple threat for that WWE championship. In his mind, he thinks he can be Roman Reigns. So I'd be pretty pissed, too, if suddenly, if suddenly a third dude tried to slip his way in after losing two matches in his eyes fairly it kind of looks like edge is kind of the bad guy here but like realistically it makes perfect sense if anyone else is in this situation you'd be pretty pissed off too after that we get a rematch of seth and shinsuke and they have a pretty good match before cesar interferes and i'm not mad at this rivalry i mean it makes sense i just feel like it's a little bit rushed like seth's supposed to be that savior he's supposed to be that guy that wants to help people but like he does it the wrong way he wants to have cesar under his wing i guess he he says he wants to really help people but really he just wants to have people on his stable to save him or help him in situations so he could win he doesn't really want to help people but like that's his message and going after a guy like cesaro perfectly makes sense because cesaro's character has been so up and down over the years he's definitely one of those dudes that has been a fan favorite fallen off come back kind of like dolph but i feel like with most cesaro stories the things holding him back is his mic work because yes he's amazing in the ring he could he could wrestle with a broom just like dolph used to always say but like when he gets on the mic and starts actually get and they put him in an actual storyline. I don't know. Something just doesn't, it doesn't mesh well. Ladies and gentlemen, Antonio Sassato would like to say hello to all of you in five different languages. 
But then you have guys like Sami Zayn and Kay who are actually really good. But again, their storyline's kind of rushed. Both of these dudes have really good characters. And Sami's one of those dudes that actually stays deep into his characters. Like he keeps that character going in the ring and he also does on social media on his instagram and on his twitter i'm not saying all characters need to do this like it's not what like the 90s or the 80s where you actually have to like talk like your character in person and act like your character 24 7 but i just feel like if you're someone that's like you know what you're watching raw and you actually want to be like feel like you're watching like a movie or like any other show it's kind of tough to like watch alexa bliss for example act all creepy and have like the contact eyes and then you go on her instagram and she's on like a podcast with like another wrestler just acting all normal it's just like eh. again you can totally do both where you just act like yourself on like your instagrams and then be your character in that ring it just really depends the extremes of your character i guess but then again these characters are mostly for kids so i don't think it really matters to kids that much anyway i just imagine like in the ufc and boxing like those dudes play characters like for example floyd mayweather plays like the asshole like to everybody out in the world and like you'll never see him on like his instagram being like hey guys i gave away this much money to charity and i did all this stuff no he's gonna constantly be that asshole so he buys tickets so you see him lose it's like these guys play that character dudes like jake paul conor mcgregor these dudes aren't like that 24 7 they're just playing that character and all these organizations got it from wrestling like or wrestling was the first company to do it but anyway, now they're adding in Logan Paul. He's going to be on SmackDown next week. And I lost all a little bit of outrage. And it's just like more of that cancer culture stuff, which which is whatever. If you don't know who Logan Paul is, he's a YouTuber. He's got a crazy amount of followers. I used to watch him. I, I'm not ashamed. I used to watch him when he was on YouTube. Some of his stuff's like really cringy, but like dude's 25 years old now. He's changed. But people still holding him for like the stuff he did when he was a teenager. And then also the fact that I'm not downplaying it. Yeah, he recorded a dead body in the suicide forest in Japan. Which, yeah, I was wrong, but it was three years ago. He's moved past that. He has a whole podcast, over 200 episodes. He's made multiple videos since then. He started a boxing career since then. Like, people change, but like, I saw some people being like, oh, I, I don't think the WWE should involve themselves with someone that did this. I'm like, dog, it was three years ago, but hey, those are wrestling fans for you. I don't actually think Logan Paul's gonna enter the ring or anything. I'm kind of interested to see where he's gonna go. His acting chops aren't that great, but he's a pretty funny and entertaining dude. I don't know what WWE's gonna really let him do. So we'll see how this goes, but I'm kind of interested in seeing what exactly they're going to do with Logan Paul. After that, we had a nice little bathroom break, aka a Natalia match. I'm sorry, Natalia, but I really feel like Natalia thought she was going to be like Charlotte Flair. And what I mean is that like she was like, oh, my dad was a legend, so they're going to treat me. I'm going to win all these titles. Da, da, da. Like I literally think she thought her career was going to be mapped out like Charlotte, and like it just didn't turn out that way. And I think that'd actually be a great character. I mean, Natty's not the girl on the mic, but if she was like, oh man, my dad was a legend, and like, I saw how Charlotte's been treated and all the other second generation superstars, like, I deserve to get treated like that. And like, that could be a good run, but like, I don't know. I don't think Charlotte's got, I don't think, sh I mean, I don't think Natalia's got that kind of mic skills, but I think that'd be a good character for her at this stage in her career. That'd be like the only chance of her getting another title run. And then after that, we had Ray versus Dolph. Shout out 2009. Hi. I'm Dolph Ziggler. This match was pretty good. The only really takeaway I got from it was the fact that Dominic had a dope Eddie shirt. And speaking of legends, the Hall of Fame is starting to shape up pretty good. They added in Eric Bischoff. They added in Kane. And honestly, sometimes I wonder when all the superstars post like, oh, congratulations, Kane. Da, da, it just looks so like scripted. It doesn't seem genuine at all. Like people usually when they tweet, they just like they tweet and like they don't add punctuation and like per capital. Like these things look like they're perfectly typed out. Like the WWE said, hey, tweet this congratulating Kane. 
And even like the Undertakers, the, the whole thing with Undertaker letting him know he got inducted in the Hall of Fame, it just like, it just looks so staged. Like, I don't understand why they can't just like genuinely surprise people with their inductees. Like, all of them looked like they knew ahead of time. <laughs> why else would they put Molly Holly on the bump? Like, <laughs> no offense to Molly Holly, but like, they rarely talk about her. So like, when they brought her up, I was like, oh. They just added the great Kali to the Hall of Fame too. And like, I saw a lot of people questioning like, why? But like, I don't know, when you look back, I would, what the great Kelly did he actually had a couple title reigns and sure he went from serious to just like the Punjabi playboy and was kind of like just jokey and dancey but like they're really putting him in there because like the market of like the Indian fans that he brought over him and Jinder Mahal and uh, oh, rightfully so is there a lot of dudes that could be in the Hall of Fame before, before him yes but did WWE just launch some India now thing or are they trying to like really get into other markets because i think they're realizing how much americans kind of take them for granted so they're like all right let's let's stretch out to the other parts of the world will the wb be a little more fresh to them which is why i'm not really mad at them putting great kelly in the hall of fame it's more just a publicity stunt and then last but not least they added rvd what a great time to put rvd in when you have a character aka matt riddle who's basically just the new age rvd so well, you gotta have your mask to fight who are you spider-man and i straight up saw him do the rvd thumbs on his instagram which is kind of funny but shout out rvd he definitely deserves to be in the hall of fame it's a shame that when he had the ecw championship and the wwe championship at the same time that he ruined it who knows where that run was going to be like he's such a likable character mr money in the bank ecw and world championship he really messed that up and that brings us to the end of the night. Adam Pierce has to make his decision and he decides to make it a triple threat match. I think a lot of us kind of knew it was heading that way that the main event at WrestleMania was going to be Daniel, Edge, and Roman. I mean, again, I don't read spoilers because I kind of like to stay surprised. And like, I hate to sound like a mark here, but it's kind of fun like just to be a mark a bit when you're watching it because when you really get into the rumors and you're kind of just spoiling, you know exactly what's going to happen. That's what makes it not fun. You know what I mean? Like, I understand for like betting reasons and stuff, like why you'd want to know and make some money. But like, if you're actually just watching as a fan, it's like the equivalent of watching the Super Bowl and knowing exactly what the score is going to be. Sure, it might be fun just to see the end because, like, if that's your team. But, like, if you have, like, no, like, dog in the fight and you're just looking forward to seeing, like, a good game, but you know how it's going to end, it's kind of just like, all right, what's the point? Which is why I just avoid rumors and spoilers and stuff like that. Just because, like, I don't want to be surprised. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen at WrestleMania in this triple threat match. And it's kind of exciting. Especially since WrestleMania is going to be two nights now. I don't know if there's going to be a new thing going on forward. But, like, I'm glad that there's going to be fans there. And... This is by far the match I'm looking forward to the most. And it's going to be crazy because I just realized it's going to be like the first WrestleMania in like, well, like 16 years without John Cena. Roman really is that dude. And honestly, the WWE is in great hands because it's a great character. And I just hope they keep building great characters for him to fight. Because right now he's fighting Edge and Daniel Bryan, who aren't necessarily the newest of characters. But I think Roman, uh, hopefully Roman can go back to being good and put over some other characters and then and actually be liked by the WWE universe I, th I think he's earned that respect and that ladies and gentlemen is Smackdown the a show ladies and gentlemen it's time Monday Night Raw starting off in the ring we have Bobby Lashley with the Hurt Business they're beefing over their issues and golly Bobby Lashley really needs to work on the mic I mean he has MVP there for a reason she really should let him talk more I always want to give Bobby the benefit of the doubt because he's hella scripted. Like a lot of people are scripted on WWE. I went back on YouTube because someone said, yo, Bobby Lashley can actually talk on the mic. Like go look at him in TNA. Like they let him talk. Da -da -da. 
it really wasn't that much better. Here, take a listen. And then you're out here now bragging to these people on how great you are. I'm so great. I'm the most of the world. You are an egomaniac, my friend. I need you to shut your mouth. Again, I'll give Bobby the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't really got that much opportunity in the main event scene. So, like, he didn't really get much practice on the mic. Usually, MVP does get... I'm kind of contradicting myself because I'm saying he doesn't get practice talking and he should let MVP talk. But right now, since he's in the main event, I think we should let MVP do the talking. But anyway, the Hurt Business breaks up, they fight, and he reminds everybody that anybody that takes out Drew will get a title shot at WrestleMania and replace him. And boy, oh boy, are there some bitches on around. Nobody steps up to Drew. Not until he actually goes in the locker room and challenges people, steps in their face, pushes them around. And what happened to the locker room? Why is everyone at like five foot tall? Like it looked like the cruiserweight division. I know the WWE's been taking more chances on smaller guys, but yikes. I want to talk about Raw and Order. I, I really want to talk about Raw and Order, but I can't. I, I need to talk about this. But first, just to break it up, I just want to say, I like Randy Orton's promo. I've always been a promo guy, even when I was a little kid, when they're really gimmicky or even when they get serious. I love promos. Sure, Randy Orton's been the same character for the last 10 years, and ever since he changed his music to I Hear Voices in My Head, he's been the exact same character, but that's besides the point. And this brings me to what I want to talk about earlier. I have to group all these things together. And I'm talking Riddle and Sheamus. I'm talking Shane and Braun. I'm talking the New Day and AJ Styles. I'm talking the Dirt Sheet. The WWE is for eight-year-olds. I'm sorry, Raw is for eight-year-olds like, and i know what everyone's thinking oh wwe is so bad now is it bad or is it just for little kids okay hear me out here's an example i went on wwe's youtube channel i started going through the comments here's an example from um one second <clears throat> this one's from little cockboy 97 oh man riddle really thought that titus was gonna roast at wrestlemania silly goose he's a host lol and i have another one from undertaker to epstein island Shane McMahon's such a meanie pants. He keeps calling Braun stupid. Hey, I have troubles in math class too. I have a D plus. He shouldn't be so mean. Hey, hey, I'm not done. We have one from Twitter from the Tribal Queef. Really liked that dirt sheet segment. They're singing and dancing so funny. Miss should be champion again. Lol. Guys, I could literally do this all day. The WWE's not bad. It's just for kids. His nostalgia is hell of a drug. I don't care what you say. The Repo Man, The Goon, Oz, The Honky Tonk Man, The Rockers, Isaac Yankum, Dusty Rhodes, Randy Savage. Really, if you're actually listening to this, it's okay. Pick up that beans and toast. And Cap, it's okay. I know you just spit out your Mike's Hard Lemonade. And Fauci, it's okay. Take that cap off. And even Greg, take that horse stick off the ground. I'm not saying that 80s or early 90s wrestling was bad. I'm just saying it was really gimmicky. And you probably think otherwise because you were a kid at the time. My dad put me onto all those characters when I was a kid and I love them too. But if you actually watch those characters and be honest with yourself, if you watch those characters as a 30 or 40 year old man, you would not love it. You'd be looking at it the same way you're looking at the WWE right now. Are all those dudes iconic legends? Yes, of course. And did they later on change their characters? Shawn Michaels turned into the Heartbreak Kid. Kane turned into Kane. Oz turned into Diesel, Kevin Nash, like people evolve and change. You guys had really gimmicky stuff in the 80s and throughout the 90s, they aged up with you into the Attitude Era. 
and that's what I hope the WWE is going to do. I don't think they're going to go into another Attitude Era, but they're definitely catching the kids right now, and they're going to age up with them. They did it with, with me too when I was a kid. I'm trying to think who were some of the kids I. I'm trying to think of some of the characters I grew up on. Yeah, I grew up on who like John Cena, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton. Oh wait, I guess I didn't grow up on really corny ass characters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I tease. I tease. I definitely grew up on a lot of corny ass characters. But all I'm saying is that. The WWE is just going through this corny ass gimmicky phase right now with the wrestlers. And I honestly just feel like we'd probably all be better off if we are watching like NXT or AEW. I'm going to keep watching because I'm dedicated. I'm going to keep covering all the way to WrestleMania. We'll see how it goes after WrestleMania. And honestly, again, SmackDown's not that bad. SmackDown's kind of the escape where you can actually get like somewhat teenage to adult storylines. I feel like it's always been that way too. And wow, I really just went on a tangent there and I'm like, I'm all over the place. But on a final note, I want to say MVP was actually pretty good on commentary. And I like the aggressiveness of Bobby. I like that beat down on Drew. I like him taking over the master lock, which is really ironic because he was the only dude to ever break the master lock. If anyone there remembers Chris Masters, I just love the aggression. The, the talking needs some work. And just to bring it one more time back to the kids, I really wonder what they think the whole deal with Alexa and the Fiend is. Like, do they think like they're dating or something? Like, do they think the Fiend's fucking? Does, does Alexa like that charcoal dick? And if that was the case, why wouldn't she go after Lashley? And on that note, that's Monday Night Raw. And now it's time for NBA in five. Coming in at number five, we have those damn Brooklyn Nets. They had LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. And honestly, if it was any other team, I would have said, hey, Blake Griffin's washed. And LaMarcus Aldridge is old, but it's those Nets. To me, last year, the league was actually pretty balanced. Every team had like at least two superstars, but Brooklyn had to get that third superstar that they keep on adding and adding. I know everyone's going to say, well, LeBron started the super teams, but no, I'm a LeBron sexual. I identify as a LeBron sexual, if you don't know. And I think LeBron was doing it to compete. He was on a dog shit team for seven years, and nobody wants to come to Cleveland. Who wants to come to Cleveland? So he went to Miami who was a shit team before he went there unlike when KD went to the Warriors and just won 73 games but that's besides the point the Brooklyn Nets added LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and part of me wants to be optimistic and think hey super teams don't always win we've seen it start the year sometimes they build build and then end up losing injuries happen I'm not a guy that hopes for injuries but if an injury happens I won't be upset but coming in at number four we have the Los Angeles Lakers and Andre Drummond who in retort to Brooklyn stacking up their team, sign Andre Drummond, and to me, I'm kind of happy about it. He brings the size to the team, he kind of eases a little defensive responsibility for Anthony Davis, but to me, he's kind of just a stat powder. He gets those big rebound stats, blocks, steals, but he doesn't really win your team games. Now he's playing with LeBron in 80, so he doesn't have to worry about winning his team the games. He has to worry about playing his role, and hopefully he plays that role well. Nothing's coming in the paint with those monsters. You got LeBron, AD, and now Andre Drummond. I'm optimistic fingers crossed and now coming in number three it's time it's time for new new what Tag Team Champion of the world. yes it's time for new tag team champions of the world and we actually have a returning champion Nikola Jokic aka the Joker aka Mr. Bag of Milk and when I say bag of milk you're probably confused but a staff member on the Denver Nuggets once said that they saw Jokic without a t-shirt and they said he looked like a bag of milk for those of my Americans out there you guys use jugs in Canada we use bags of milk. This dude used to drink one liter of Coke every single day. Boy, what it pays to be an athlete and burn all those calories, huh? But Jokic led his team and helped them win two games over the weekend. 
In the first game, he scored 37 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. In the second game, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 8 points, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. Now Denver really needs these wins. They're sitting around at the 5th seed, which isn't horrible, but they want to get that home seed advantage. Playing in Denver, they have that high altitude, and a lot of teams have said it's hard to breathe, and that's been a thing for a long time in this league, actually. And we all know how Jamal Murray balls out in the playoffs, not so much in the regular season, so they can get that home advantage since they're not in a bubble and they can actually be at home, and Jamal Murray will ball out, and that with Jokic playing like an MVP, it could be a scary team in the first round, no matter who gets them. And his tag team partner, the returning CJ McCollum, helped his team win two games as well. In the first game, 22 points, five rebounds, seven assists, and one block. And then the second game, 23 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and two blocks. Sorry, three blocks. The Portland Trailers don't have the whole high altitude thing, but at the end of the day, when playoffs come, maybe they'll actually have a little bit of a fan base. And again, it's all about just being at home. And yes, that is this week's Tag Team Champions of the World. Coming at number two, we have the Toronto Raptors. Well, unfortunately, looking like this is their swan song. The team, the team has now lost nine of their last 10 games. They just slowly go further and further down in the standings. And it, it's sad to see. The Toronto Raptors tried to trade Kyle Lowry, who's a starting point guard for those who don't know, but they didn't like what the other teams were offering in return. So they decided to keep him for the rest of the season. Enough Raptors talk. There's not really much going on in Toronto right now besides just losing. So let's jump right in to our number one story which is Russell Westbrook. Ah, uh, Russell Westbrook. One of my least favorite players in the league. And it's always been because, I don't know, I, everybody loved him so much when I was in high school and I think it just made me hate him even more. I don't know, I'm kind of just a hater that way sometimes. But I always just looked at him as a pat statter. And then he dropped another crazy stat line the other night. He dropped over 21 assists and had 30 points, which is absolutely crazy. But it came in a win, which is surprising because usually they come in losses because Russell Westbrook does not win you games. He'll get you stats, he might just barely get you into the playoffs, but he doesn't win you games. He's played with so many great players, and they all decide to turn their back on him, probably for a reason, because he's a ball hog and he can't shoot, and those are just some of his good qualities. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's great, but it doesn't matter if you're not winning a ring. And as much as I dislike Russell Westbrook, I, I don't really love the ring culture thing too much either. I get it, championships and rings are important, but it's all about situation. We can't at one moment get mad at a dude because he doesn't win and then also get mad at dudes for trying to win and overstacking their teams because only rings matter. You can stay loyal to, to a team and then don't win a championship and then people shilling you because you never won a ring versus you can go stack your team, win some championships and most likely people are going to forget and just be like, hey, that dude's a five-time champion. So it's really dumb going back and forth with this kind of stuff to be honest. But don't get it twisted. I still don't like Russell Westbrook. And he doesn't win you games, but it's just dumb to bring the whole ring thing into it because it's all circumstance. He's on a shit team right now. I don't think the Wizards should be as bad as they are. Him and Bradley Beal, if they're so good, they should at least be able to get into the playoffs in the East. But it is what it is, I'm afraid. And that is the NBA in five. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next week. And it's important. You have to remember this. You want some? Come get some!